is episode 83 of Offscript with Trish Close, intimate interviews and fun conversations with interesting people. In front of my microphone today, I have Pamela Shipley, who I like to call Pammy. Aww. You probably hate that name. No, now. I love it from you. It's okay. endearing. Okay. I love it. I've known you a long time. Yes, you have. Pam? Yeah. Long time. Yeah. Um, I met, I don't actually remember where we met, um, but um, we we hung out when you owned Red Rock. Yeah. I think I did West Coast Flavors with you about three That's or four it. times. I think that That's was it. it. That's it. You're kind of you're kind of a celebrity because you owned Red Rock. Yeah. A lot of people know you that way. They do. Maybe, yeah, less so now, but still, it's crazy mm-hmm. how I still run into people. It is yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Okay, we're going to talk about that a lot. Um, I apologize. I have a couple of drinks. I have my no. water and my coffee. Hydrate. Yes. Well. I'm one of those obnoxious people at brunch that has, like, coffee and water, and then I want a mimosa, and then, you know, I've got, like, eight drinks in front I'm of me. I'm that person as okay, well. Okay, good. So good. Um, one thing I want to get out of the way before we start this episode, episode 83, I was listening to a podcast that I just did on Tuesday. I'm editing it and cleaning it up and making sure it sounds good. I have realized when someone answers a question, I say, I have my catchphrases. I oh. say, awesome, that's awesome, or I like it. I say those things okay. way too much in these podcasts. So do you want me to make like a little sound when you say that? or I want you to like smack me. Be like, uh... You just said awesome. Stop saying that. So okay. I just, okay. I, I, think, I think it comes from years of reporting. When you're interviewing someone, you're kind of wanting sure. to make them feel comfortable. So you're like nodding sure. your head a lot and smiling. And then after they say something, you're like, oh, that was perfect. Awesome. Great. <laughs> so I apologize to my listeners because that's probably really annoying. And I'm like, awesome, awesome. Ugh. Just sounds awful. I don't. That doesn't stand out in the ones that I've listened to. Okay. But well, I haven't listened to 83 for sure. From here on out, I vow okay. to try and not say those phrases that I say every single podcast. I promise. Can you write those down? I know it was for sure awesome. What awesome. Else? I like it. Oh, you have it written down. Okay. Awesome. I like it. There was three. And then I, sometimes I say, that's, that's really awesome. Or I'll say something like... Um, Gotcha. I've said gotcha a lot. Okay. So like in that something. family. Yeah. Okay. All just, right. Just tell me to shut up. I'll, t- I'll do my best. All right, Pam Shipley. Where are you from originally? It's right here in Southern Oregon. Born and raised. Born and raised. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. I did forget to mention you are the operating room manager at the Surgery Center of Southern Oregon. Yeah. That's a hell of a title. Yeah. Well, <laughs> great place to work. Big job. Love it. Okay. We're going to talk about that too. Okay. Um. So from Southern Oregon, where'd you go to high school? South Medford High, graduated from South Medford High. High. What year did you graduate? Do I have to say? No, you don't. You don't have to answer any of my questions, but I'm going to ask them. Oh, God. 89. 1989. Class of 89. Holy, yeah. Uh, What were you like in high school? A nerd. Captain of the debate team. Wallflower. (laughs) Yeah. Total nerd. Yeah. Really? Did you grow up with siblings? A younger brother. A little brother. Yep, that was it. Uh, What'd your parents do? Uh, my mom worked for the Social Security Administration, mm. and my dad was like in the food brokerage business, like Cisco. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Cisco makes some really good fries. They do make good fries. They do. Uh, talking with a local chef, I said something about that, and he goes, even the really fancy restaurants, their use French Cisco. fries use Cisco fries. Yeah, I don't doubt it. They're real good. Cisco's good. They're they're good. They've got lots of high quality stuff. Um, I prefer. I like hand cut fries, mm-hmm. but they're kind of a pain. They honestly. are a pain. You got to change the oil a lot. Got to change they the oil said, yeah. a lot. And um, I just made some actually this week for Chuck's birthday. I saw that. Yeah, and we had palm. Fr- I like to call them palm frites. It's like fancy palm frites. Yeah, palm frites. Yes. Um, so he did. He it wasn't. He didn't work for Cisco. Or it was just a company like. No, that. it was a company like Cisco. Okay. Yeah. Ironically, it was located right next door to my old restaurant. It was called Bates Wholesale. Interesting. Yeah. What did he do it's there? It's Habitat for Humanity now. Oh. Or no, it, then it was Habitat, then Habitat moved. But it was like one of those warehouses. Okay. They were a local food distribution company. What did he do there? Just He, he was, was like the manager. Oh. Yeah, he worked his way up from like box boy to manager. And mom did social security? Mm-hmm. Okay. Administration. Okay. Which is like, you know, federal government mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. Worked your way up to. Um, so you were a nerd. Yeah. In high school. I was. I was a total nerd. I couldn't wait to blow this town. Really? Yeah. I just wanted a new identity. Hmm. I, I just wanted to start, you know, where I maybe wasn't a nerd or what. Okay. I don't okay. know. I liked school. I did well. But I, I think I was like a nerd. I'm assuming you had friends. 
yeah, I did. Did you have friends? No, I wasn't that bad. I had a few friends. No, I had friends. I had a nice little friend group. Mm-hmm. Um, Were you shy? Because you don't strike me as shy. I think I was just insecure, shy. You know, the whole high school thing. High school's so rough. You can't relate. You're like, no. No, high school is really rough. I think middle school's worse. It, it, they both were bad. Middle school know. was super tough for me. And then going into my freshman year, my mom was like, we need to change up some friends. You're going to get in trouble. Yeah. So I changed friends, and I was, I was good after that. But I was going down a, a path. My, my freshman year was such a rebel. Oh, yeah. I don't see you that way. But yeah, you change paths. Yeah. She had, <laughs> I had this pair of jeans that had a bunch of holes in them. And acid wash. Yes. And she was like, do not wear these out of the house, whatever. And so, of course, I would put them in my backpack. And when I got to school, I would change into them. Trish. I know. She doesn't know that. I just revealed. But now she does. Now she does know it. Um, what did you do after high school then? I went to University of Utah. Whoa. Yeah. You really did blow this popsicle no, I mean, sand. Not super far away, but. It's a plane ride. Yeah, it's a plane ride for sure. It's a couple states over or a state over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. A little geography lesson for yeah. everybody. Big school. Uh, uh, what school? University of Utah. It's okay. in Salt Lake. Okay. Uh, the enrollment then was about well, low 30s. Hmm. Um, and Salt Lake at the time was a uh, population of maybe 2 million-ish. And so I had a couple friends that went there. It was just far enough away to, you mm-hmm. know, it was just. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, what did you study? Biology. Biology. thought I wanted to be a doctor. Interesting. Yeah. Where you are now. Right. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you realize you did not want to be a doctor? Um, I think it was all the education involved, mm. just all the it's education. It is. I think it got to where I was like, how much longer? Like six more years. Mm-hmm. And it's expensive. It's expensive. I, that didn't even weigh in on me at the time. I probably should have, but it was mostly the time. Mm-hmm. I think I was feeling done with school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a doctor I interviewed on this podcast, which actually you should listen to it. You would love it. Uh-huh. Dr. Gross, Dr. Brian Gross. I yes cardiologist yes yeah um, he essentially guy. is great guy uh, the guy that came up with um, essentially how to save people from heart attacks in Southern Oregon and his his research and his work is known around really the country maybe the I world didn't I don't know, know that. really fascinating guy um, what I was getting at when he was a doctor here and then he semi retired he said he went from working pretty much eighty hours a week now he's working like forty. Oh, he is. Okay. I'm like, that's yeah. not retirement, dude. Doctors, surgeons. I work with surgeons mostly. Work an insane amount of hours. Insane. It's great. I it mean, obviously, great. they love what they do. They're machines. Machines. They do love what they do. They're not on the same level as most mm-hmm. people. They're really not. Okay. They just, yeah. Um, so biology, do you ever shift shift your major, change it up? Nope. You, biology. You graduated the whole with? whole way. Yep. Biology. biology. Okay. What yep. comes after college? Okay. Then? I meet a guy. I'm, I'm home for the summer. Mm-hmm. One summer. You meet a guy where? In Southern Oregon. Here. Okay. I meet a guy. He's from Lowell, Oregon. Teeny little house, mm-hmm. little town outside. Lowell. Lowell, Oregon. How do you spell Lowell? L-O-W-E-L-L. Oh. Population probably 1,200. I don't even know. Okay. So we go camping up around. It's 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 in Lane County. So it's in the Eugene okay. area. Okay. It's on. It's by some lakes and Oak Ridge. Maybe Oak Ridge you've heard of. I have. Okay. Uh, adorable little cafe, 1950s cafe, closed down right for years. Mm-hmm. In Lowell. In Lowell, Oregon. Lowell. A little spark. Like oh, look how cute that is. And he. He was like a house flipper back in the day before that was called house flipping. Okay. That's what he would do. Mm-hmm. So he was interested in buildings and architecture, blah, 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 and old things. And a, a little spark. Oh. And so I go back home uh, to Utah. It's my senior year. And that little spark, of course, it just grew like, oh, I don't really want to go to medical school. Do I want to open a restaurant? Was there a spark with him or the yeah, cafe? Yeah, no, there was a spark with him and the okay. cafe. Yeah, okay. both, both. <laughs> he did not work out, but the cafe did. Um, so, okay, so, so let's back up. Senior year, and you're just, you can't get this out of I your I can't brain. get it out of my head. Okay. Now I'm researching. I'm, I'm, I'm. I've researching what? Everything to do with a restaurant. Okay. When I probably should have been studying. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Yeah. Everything to do, I'm just, I can't, I'm on fire about it. And, which is ironic, because I had never worked in a restaurant in high school. I'd never, I, you know, I'm like, where is this even coming from? I knew mm-hmm. I loved to cook. My mom was a great cook. But other than that, I don't, anyway, hmm. so I can't get out of my head. Interesting. So I graduate and I tell my dad, hey, dad, 
I don't know if I want to go to medical school. You should. I mean, the look on his face was like, huh? Oh, no. What? You want to do what? Oh, and of no. course, he knows the restaurant business because he, you know, and that provided. And it's pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. And he was just like, what? You, you want to, what? I mean, it makes sense. You know, doctor, cafe, <laughs> just obvious it's, transition. It's insane. It's insane. But Disappoint, was he disappointed? I think he was a little. Mm-hmm. But he's a good guy. We we were close. And I he was a little disappointed though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure anybody would be. Uh, you said mom was a good cook. Were you yeah. guys like kitchen gatherers? Yes, we mm-hmm. were. Same. We were. I yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. What what kind of things did she cook that you loved? Everything. She was. I mean, my mom was a. I mean, McDonald's or macaroni and cheese was like a treat. Oh. Because, it, like, that was a special night. Because everything was from scratch, home cooking, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Wow. Over the top. And she'd come home from work and cook dinner. Yeah. I love those mamas. Oh, she was a hell of a mama. You know, that's mm-hmm. the generation, right, mm-hmm. where women were in the workforce, but house housework was not 50-50, right? Domestic was not 50-50 like it is Mm-mm. now. Mm-mm. And so mama brought home the bacon and cooked it up. it up in a pan, man. I love and, it. And then some. Um. My mom also worked full job and then would come home and cook dinner. And typically, um, yeah, if we ordered pizza or something, it was like a super huge right? treat. Funny. Yeah. And she – it was never an idea of I'm too tired. It's mm-hmm. it's more – it was almost – I'm not going to spend money on something that I can right. cook myself. So anyways, um, uh, what, did she make anything that sticks out to you? Lasagna. Lasagna. She actually made a ton of the, of the stuff for the restaurant. Really? Uh-huh. The minestrone soup was her. She made that until the day we closed. Wow. The lasagna, the eggplant parm, and all the desserts. Is she Italian? Yeah. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. Is dad Italian? No. Okay. No. I didn't know that about you, yeah. Pamela. Okay, yes. so let's get back to this cafe in Lowell. Yeah, Lowell, Lowell, Oregon. You graduate. Yep. Okay. You move to Lowell, Oregon, which okay. there used to be the show called Northern Exposure. Yes. Okay. Swear to God, I was like on Northern Exposure. <laughs> it was the cutest. It was crazy. Aww. We were the only cafe in town. So everybody, it was right across the street from the high school. I knew everybody in the town within of course. like a year and then some. Right. Wow. I mean, I, I was like, man, I'm like a counselor. I'm, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they would come in, sit across from the counter and just... I just knew everybody's life story. It was hilarious. I bet. I mean, I loved it. I, that hilarious sounds disrespectful. I don't mean it that way. No, but, I, I totally get where you're, where you're coming from. <laughs> so what kind of things did you – you were the cook? Um, I knew how to do everything. But the time, my my partner at the time, he was mostly the cook and I was the front. I okay. was the front person. This is the boy? Yes, this is the boy. Okay. Yeah. He was cooking. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And so you were essentially in charge of – the administration of this yep. cafe. And and now picture, this is just a little pizza joint, let's say. Mm-hmm. This is mostly just a little pizza joint okay. in Lowell, Oregon, oh. the only one. What kind of things did you serve up? What was the name of the cafe? Uh, Red Rock. Same name. Really? Yeah, it was like Red Rock Cafe because there was a little campground around there called Red Rock that we loved. Okay, you named it? Red Rock, or it yes. was called Red Rock. The campground was called the campground was Red Rock already. Okay, and we just loved that place. Okay, and so, so we named the named restaurant it. that. So it's kind of like fet, um, fit the area like For Rogue sure. would fit Southern Oregon. For sure. Uh, and what kind of things were served up at the Red Rock Cafe? Mostly uh, pizzas. You know, let's see, mostly just pizzas. But I did have this crazy idea to do espresso and cinnamon rolls in the morning. Again, we're the only gig in town, right? So I was working like if to do cinnamon rolls from scratch is about a 4 a.m. Oh, yeah. start time. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we probably closed at 8 or 9. I don't even remember. So it was a crazy day. I didn't do – I abandoned that pretty quickly because that was just too much. Yeah. You could have just called Cisco up. And like, I could have. I probably cinnamon got rolls, the, please. Theirs were probably comparable. So I guess I was thinking cafe, small town, you're doing, like, bacon, eggs, and hash browns in the morning. Yeah. No, we didn't do that. Okay. And I don't – I'm not really sure why, but we just mostly stuck to pizza. Pizza? Yeah. What kind of pizzas? All kinds? Pretty much the same thing I had at Red Rock. They had different names. At Red Rock, I switched all the names, Red Rock here in Medford, to mm-hmm. Italian names. Mm-hmm. But in Lowell, they had names of all the areas. 
Like there was this mm. farm called Best Friends Farm, and that was our pesto pizza, which okay. we later named the Raphael. And they made the pesto, or they grew the basil, and they would bring it to me. And so it was this cute little great. Sounds like you miss it. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun time in my life. I mean, you're super young, right? Yeah, I was 23. Crazy. 23. So because it took a little while to open it. How long did you have the cafe for? Just two years. Just two years. It rains too much there. Oh. It rains so much there. You had to get out? I. It, it was like, it was hard. It was depressing. It's gray and drizzly and rainy. Hmm. It really is. Summers are much shorter than here. You broke the hearts of the people in Lowell when you left. <laughs> I think they were a little, they came to my, they ended up coming to my wedding down here. A lot of people. I think, I don't, you know, it, it was a good time. Maybe I did. I don't know. I think, was, you, I think you probably maybe. broke some hearts, Pam. It was a fun time. So you're there for just two years and you moved to Southern Oregon. Yeah. I miss the family, miss the weather. My mm-hmm. whole family's here. Mm-hmm. And then you never left after that. No. Right? Okay. Nope. So you get married. I get married the first time to first that boy. Time to that yes. boy, the spark. Yes. Yep, the spark. Um, that did not last. Nope. Okay. Nope. But you do have you have a beautiful baby from. I do. I have a daughter who's mm-hmm. 21, just turned I know. 21. I saw not the Vegas girl. pictures. Oh, Vegas. <laughs> I can't believe you took her to Vegas for her 21st birthday. You know birthday. what? She wanted it. She's like, Mom, she's the oldest of all of her friends. She's like, you want to get a group together and go to Vegas? I'm like, hell yeah. What a cool, Flattered. what a cool mom. We're, we're pretty close. Yeah, Only having you one, you're, you're pretty close. For sure. For sure. We had lots of conversations because our, our kiddos are pretty much the same age. Connor turns 21 on the 19th. Yeah. yeah. So on the 19th. Yeah. Oh boy. It's so crazy. 21. I know it's nuts. But we used to talk a lot about them because they were so close in age and how I was relieved when I said something. I'm so sorry, Connor. When I said something about middle school and it's just like, I don't understand why they don't shower. And you're like, oh, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> you're like, girls, too. They just stink. They do. I'm so sorry. I'm oh, so sorry. Oh, she's going to be so mad at me. Oh, and he's going to be so mad at she me. She actually knows it. She knows it. Yeah. Oh, he does, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we were the same way, I'm assuming. Yeah. I don't remember I guess. Ever. I don't know. See, I think I don't I think I no, ever it was, was really stinky. No, it was the 80s for me, man. I spent two hours in the bathroom with, like, Aquanet. <laughs> no. Oh I, yeah, my bangs were like two and a half inches high. For sure. Yeah, no. You would. I teased my bangs, and you remember, like, you'd have like a really good bang day. Oh yeah. And you just walk around, and be like, look at this. Oh, it my yeah, my hair was huge. Yeah. <laughs> that you you missed probably a little bit of that. I'm older I did. than you by almost a decade. So yeah, but, I was born in '79. But you are from the South. Yes. So I'm bigger the hair, the closer hair. to God. Oh yep. hell yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Um, but I do remember it was a big deal to have the top bangs kind of go back and then these go forward which takes a lot of work it takes a lot of of hairspray and you would spray it it wouldn't quite look right you'd comb it all out Uh uh-huh do it again you know who feels our pain is chuck gloss oh he had a pompadour in high school oh he did huge pomp and so he had this like long hair that he would brush (laughs) back and tease and it was really big too why yeah. does that not surprise me? I know. He he had some stylish hair. Um, I forgot what we were talking about. Moved back to Southern Oregon. Um, yep. Um, found a where the wharf is now was my first is where I first moved to. Really? Red Rock where the wharf is. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. It was Lombardo's used appliances, closed down. Okay. So it wasn't a restaurant. Bought that building, needed a ton of work. 173 used appliances in the parking so this lot. Is, you're like, this is what I'm going to do in life, is have a restaurant. I Yeah, I think so. I mean, so. you were going for it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you open up um, this place. Open that up. All did, um, Everything we could do ourselves, we did. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, what kind of work did it need? I mean, obviously, it's, if it's an auto. We're talking about a leaky appliances, used appliances. Mm. Leaky. And it had been closed down for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. So, um. It needed everything. Wow. A whole gut job. And um, one thing I f- we forgot to mention is that there was a Ferris wheel in Lowell. Do you oh. remember the Ferris wheel? I do. Love the Ferris wheel. <laughs> Huge fan. Why was there a Ferris wheel? I don't know. Um, my my soon-to-be husband, my partner at that time, had this crazy idea. We, uh, our restaurant was on almost on a lake, and he was like, you know, we need a Ferris wheel. That would that'd be the most amazing advertising. That would be. Uh, you guys right? bought a Ferris wheel. He, yeah. Where yeah. does one buy a Ferris Crazy. wheel? There, you can buy them. Um, this was a 1948 vintage Ferris wheel. No way. Ironically, it came from Salt Lake City. It had been in a park there. That is ironic. Um, 
mint condition. They bring it up. They set it up for you as part of the deal. Show you how to work it, I'm hoping. Show you how to work it, which is pretty easy. Really? And you guys had a Ferris wheel. We had a Ferris wheel. And, of course, it did everything you thought it would do. The draw, right, all the media was there and the newspapers and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so the draw was huge. Of course. And we got people from everywhere. And it overlooked the lake and it was beautiful and crazy but fun. Where, is the Ferris wheel still there? No. The guy who bought that restaurant did not want the Ferris wheel. So we brought it down and it was behind the wharf. No it was, way. Yeah. It was in Medford behind How the wharf. How big is this? This is a big Ferris wheel. 42 feet tall. Okay. Yeah, not the hugest. So you had a Ferris wheel. Had a Ferris wheel. Where's the Ferris wheel yeah. now? Sold eBay. Mm. Yeah. Neighbors weren't crazy about the Ferris wheel. Some of them. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> now, Ferris wheels are super quiet. This one is super mm -hmm. quiet. It's not like it's... But people that high up able to, like, look out among residential... I get it. Because yeah. where that restaurant was located was semi-residential. Look, there's a naked man! Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, it, you know, it... A couple little things with the neighbors. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm over the yeah. Ferris wheel. What was the neighborhood like back then, that particular neighborhood? Because I, I mean, I kind of know what it's yeah. like now. Yeah, it was about the same. You know, I don't, and I'm not in that neighborhood anymore, so maybe it's worse now. I don't know. But when certainly when we did open the restaurant, I remember taking a lot of flack, like, oh, you're in the ghetto, huh? You're in really? West Medford. And that was the tone. And I remember thinking, like, mm. come on, this isn't. LA, not, give me a break. Yeah, that's Come cool. on. Yeah. And I actually took a lot of pride in being in that neighborhood and, and you know, digging in, mm -hmm. getting to know everybody there. Mm -hmm. And it, it was great for us. Business was huge. Really? Huge. We, and, and that's why I moved because I, I flat out outgrew that restaurant. There was nice. nothing I could do. I tried everything. I tried lunches, tried delivery. It got to the point where I was like, okay, either I'm going to stay at the same level or I'm going to expand. And started working on expanding. Okay. What did that mean? That meant, at, um, well, I first started just looking around, kind of get, getting the idea of how did I want to expand, all different kinds of ideas, um, looking at different buildings that hadn't been restaurants. And I don't remember really why, maybe because of location. But I stumble into the building that was Red Rock, and it has had quite the evolution. It was Mexicali Rose first. It was mm -hmm. a seed and feed, 1910. Seed and feed. Seed and feed. Seed and feed. Yep. The train ran behind it. And I'm guessing there's like a loading dock, which is now the mm -hmm. back patio. And there was even train tracks through the front parking lot, which is crazy. There are. Yeah. Yeah. That so is the train crazy. obviously came through at one point and dropped off or got loaded or. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. If you think of that whole area mm -hmm. as being a commercial, mm -hmm. you know, Loading, unloading. We'll get porters. Supply. Yeah, that was the train station. Um, and then uh, Urban <clears throat> Cork, which is now Urban Cork. Yeah. yeah. I believe that was, I want to say, oh, I don't remember. Um, Linda could tell me what it is. I can, it, yeah, I know what you mean, but I don't know what it was either. Yeah. I know where it is, but. But it was yeah. perfect for the way that the building was set up for what it used to be. It works out perfectly for her business being a pallet wine company. Right, right. Um, so, anyways, um, lots of really cool old buildings. There really is. A lot of history. There really is. It's okay. kind of neat. So, seed and feed. So, I go, so then it becomes Mexicali Rose in the 1980s. Okay. Mexican restaurant. Yeah, a Mexican restaurant. It sits vacant for years and years. And I'm at college now. And, and then it becomes Louisiana Grill. Louisiana remember Grill. Remember Louisiana Grill? No. Do you remember that at all? No. Okay. No. I couldn't say when that was, but, <coughs> excuse me. Um, that the guy that's opened Louisiana Grill had a gigantic trucking firm, and this was kind of like a side gig. And I'm not sure he realized what a restaurant involves, and that involves you being there, yeah, or somebody. Was he from Louisiana? No. Okay. Mm -mm. Did he have a southern accent? <coughs> Excuse me. You're fine. Um, no. Okay. He, um, I mean, I don't know. I could say who. He, I don't know. He. Okay. There's someone I want to say they opened. I don't want to get into. Well, they opened a restaurant. And he wasn't from the South, but he had a very thick Southern accent. Maybe he put one on. Yeah. Anyways, okay, we'll, we'll move on. Louisiana Grill. So he's not from the South, but he just no, wanted to have a... No, his trucking business... Um, I, I think the story is he spent a lot of time in the South through the trucking business. Okay. So he learned to love the culture, the food. 
Was the restaurant um, any good? It was good. Oh, yeah, it was great. Awesome. I think the main problem with it was that he wasn't there. He wasn't at the helm, and the staff was just. It, yeah. It's what can happen. Yeah. He had stories of showing up at 10 a.m. and the chef's drunk. Mm. Um, parties till two or three in the morning at his place. Yikes! Uh, all the steaks disappearing. You know things like that. When the cat's away. Yeah, you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful. So that closes down. Yes, obviously. And then. So I go look at that building just okay. to look. I'm thinking. I don't even know. I, I don't know. I'm just thinking, I'm going to get a, a, the feel for a 4,000-square-foot restaurant. It's huge, mm-hmm. right? And I walk in, and everything's there. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's already a restaurant. Like, Move why would I? And restaurants are outrageous mm-hmm. to, to open and mm-hmm. start from, from a shell. Yeah. I'm like, why? This is perfect. I love this building. It has beautiful architecture, curved walls. It's nice. 30-foot ceilings. It's beautiful. Nice bar. Yeah, nice bar. I'm like. Uh, yeah. Okay. And so I buy it. Fantastic. Yeah. And when did you open Red Rock? Uh, that one, uh, 2004. Wow. Okay. Seven years where the wharf was. Mm-hmm. And now in 2004, I open up downtown Medford. Do you expand the menu? Yes. Much bigger. Like, meaning what? Um, just a bigger Italian. Now I get a, a, a chef in, an mm. actual chef. Yeah wonderful chef trained in France. Amazing. Who? Uh, his name was Ira. I can't even think of his name. He's okay. left the Valley now, but okay. he was amazing. A little too fine dining, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was like boiling down veal bones for stock and had it simmering all night long. And I mean, amazing. But oh, Ira, speaking my love language. He was phenomenal. That's he was fantastic. phenomenal. But I wanted to keep everything Right in the middle, price-wise, sure. everything, you know. Fine dining has the lowest profit margin, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's got the most expensive mm-hmm. sta- um, product, and it's most affected by um, economy, mm-hmm. right? So I wanted to stay right there in the middle, and that was my comfort anyway. I wanted all walks of life to be able to come. Mm-hmm. So, anywho, wonderful chef. Uh, expanded to, you know, probably just, just a little fancier, just a little bit more. Now we're not just that little place in West Medford. Okay. Now I got this big old fancy restaurant with a full bar. Popularity stayed the same? Yes. Um, I didn't put it. I, we had a soft opening, which means you don't, you don't advertise at all. We just had this banner. We put up on the back of the building. Insane. The, I, like insane. Like all new staff, you know, uh. all new kitchen. We were bombarded. Oh. That was a rough two or three weeks not really a soft no opening. I couldn't I was shocked I couldn't even believe it mm-hmm. shocked and the whole idea of a soft opening is so your staff and your kitchen staff can kind of get to that point yeah. of being right bombarded. get worked in right mm-hmm. yeah it didn't happen so it was, it was a lot of comping meals a lot of mistakes a oh. lot of so painful a lot of apologies mm-hmm. and when well, you at this point I'm assuming you know a lot of the community. You grew up here. Yeah, and it's already been seven years. Mm-hmm. And my mom, um, who who wasn't from here but had been here for years, worked at the restaurant with me. Mm-hmm. So she retires early from Social Security, and she works with me. And, and she's so personable and outgoing, so everybody knew her. Um, we had, like, a nice little following. The only thing I didn't anticipate, and, and I understand, is that some customers at the little building, they liked the quaintness of it. Mm-hmm. They liked the little, right? They, it, yeah. it felt like it was theirs. And then maybe when I moved to the bigger place, some people weren't as happy about it. Regulars weren't as excited. Mm-hmm. And again, this is maybe a, you know, a tiny percentage, but they're the ones that maybe stand out. Sure. As I remember being a little bummed. Um, some regulars that had been there for years maybe would come, and there was a wait, and it was huge, and it was – and they didn't feel as Welcome. special, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I get that. Yeah, I absolutely get it, that, that. That was disheartening, and that wasn't something that I had anticipated. I didn't. When you walk into your favorite restaurant, you want everyone to say hi to you. Yeah. It's cheers. You right. want to sit at your same seat or yeah. your favorite seat or whatever. I totally get that. Yeah, absolutely. I do too. I do too. Um, is mom helping you cook at this point or she's just helping? She's all, she always helped cook. Okay. She always did the lasagna, the eggplant, the minestrone, the desserts always from day one. 
What kind of desserts? Oh, man, everything. Tiramisu, Tiramisu, right? all different kinds of cheesecakes. Um, and you guys made all of your pestos and everything, yeah. the marinara, everything was from, from scratch. From scratch, yep. So awesome. Yeah. Um, said awesome. Oh, you did? Okay. I think it, that was the I'm first one. I'm not supposed to slap you. I'm just it's, it's fine. In. Okay. And 27 minutes in. That's not bad. That's not bad, no. Not bad at all. Okay. Um, you, when you were on West Coast Flavors with me, uh, you made, hold on, help me. It's the nachos, the Italian. Oh, the Italian nachos with oh. pita chips and Alfredo. Oh my gosh. That's crazy you remember that. And it, you had, you put sausage on mm-hmm. it. Italian sausage. Green olives. From Taylor's. Yeah, good memory. You foodie, you. Well, because I made that when I'm I went right home. I'm right there with you. I'm like, I got to make these Italian nachos. They were so good. Gluttonous. What I wouldn't give for Italian nachos right now. And foodie, you're the foodie too. I'm a, I'm a huge foodie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huge. I mean, you and I bonded over yes. bacon cheeseburgers yeah. from Jasper's. Yes, we did. And we really liked the Jasper's that was in Jacksonville. Yeah. Their fries were mm. their fries were better. They were. They yeah. were. Anyways, um, we digress. We so digress with food. How long did you have Red Rock at this location? Seven years. Seven years again. Seven years again. Okay. Yeah. And then did you guys sell your sauce uh, there? We sold it at the restaurant. Then we started doing the farmer's markets. That's right. When did that start? Oh, man. Okay, let's see. I closed in 2012, so probably 2009-ish, 2010. Okay. And you were the Saucy Sisters. Yes. The oh. manager, my best friend, and I are the, were the Saucy Sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Kim. Kim. Mm-hmm. Good memory, man. I'm trying. I'm trying. Reaching way back, way back there. Um, and Kim worked at the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Kim was the manager, the bartender. Bartender. The badass bartender. Yes. Yes. Really sassy. Really good drinks. Yeah. Whoo. Yeah. Really good drinks. Had several good margaritas yep. at, at That Red was Rock. a must. We were doing craft cocktails before that was a word. Really. Fantastic. Yeah. I am. Absolutely. Yeah. You even got to the point where fresh juice was such a big deal. You got that like industrial size oh, you, juicer. I love your memory. Hell yeah. We had the big old stainless steel thing. You went like this. You cranked it down. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, good Halloween parties too at Red Rock. Yes. Love Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You and Chuck, that's something that you guys share. Absolutely love. <laughs> Favorite holiday. Love Halloween. Yeah. Why did you decide to close down? Well, in 2008 when the recession hit, it Ooh. hit. It hit hard. Yeah. So here I am. I'm only... Four years into this to this new building, this gigantic four thousand square foot building. Oh man! Which seats? Oh god, two fifty easy. Not even counting the patio. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's an old building, and it's mm-hmm. got thirty foot ceilings, and it's just it's a lot. It's a lot. And it was great. And then the recession hit, and we felt it. Mm-hmm. We felt it instantly. It's it's great until it's not. Uh, yeah. What do you mean by felt it? What happened? Um, People stopped coming in. Straight up volume. Uh, just mm. a change in volume, the amount of people coming in. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That's... It is. Well, when you think about it, restaurants, right? Eating out would be one of the first things to go. Yep. And like maybe the fast food companies, the really cheap, still had a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as far as going out to dinner, yeah. not you know that's one of the things that would go. Right. And Southern Oregon was hit particularly hard with the recession. Mm-hmm. Right. We were. Our unemployment rates were higher than pretty much the entire country yeah and it stayed with us longer and I could have I could have weathered the recession and I did so we we closed in 2012 so four years in what you do if you're a restaurant owner in the recession and you want to keep your business is you just take on more Mm. right more 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 and already I'm working nights weekends holidays my Mm -hmm. daughter had um, Easter Saturday because I, we had an Easter brunch on Sunday, so Mama was gone. Yeah. So she had Easter Saturday. Um, whatever. Uh, lots of sacrifices is my point. Sure. Glad, you know, happily did it, but whatever. Um, and so in 2012, well, I... Well, what do you oh, mean by take on more? Um, okay, maybe scale down the employees a little. Maybe now I come in earlier. Now you're, you're doing more Me things. doing more, yeah. If I, if I was doing a 60-hour week, what would a 70 look like? You know, what could I do 70? It's, yeah, it's, and, and four years of doing that, I take a little look at things and I go, all right, my daughter's 13 years old. This recession, Oregon, Southern Oregon is going to stay in the recession Mm -hmm. a lot longer Mm -hmm. than the national, Mm -hmm. the rest of the world or the U.S. is starting to creep up, but we're going to be there longer. How long do, what do I want to do? How long do I want to do this? I can make it. I know I can make it through. And I just was like, you know, I, I think I want to spend the last 
five years at my daughter's home, mm-hmm. uh, which are super important years, mm-hmm. um, with more time, want to be more present. security. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd like to be a little more present. Okay. And it's funny because look, she grew up at the restaurant, and that restaurant was awesome. It has an upstairs and my office with my office, and it had a window where you look down into the dining room. And she grew up talking with the chefs and joking with the chefs and looking through that window at the customers. And she knew how to put in orders on the computer for chicken nuggets. So adorable. And she had a little cuss jar, cause, <laughs> you know, kitchen, cuss jar in the kitchen. And, and so it was so funny because when I told her, I'm like, babe, I'm going to close the restaurant. You know, mommy will be home around, uh, home a lot more. Mm-hmm. Her reaction was, what? I wanted to work there. Aww, yeah, it was so heart. cute. Yeah, That's and adorable. so thankfully, you know, as moms, you like to just throw on the guilt. Thankfully, <laughs> she her she looks back on that fondly, and I don't That's know that she has great. any any sadness over mm-hmm. Easter Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, my my mom worked her butt off. She was a single mom, worked her butt off, and we talk about it all the time. I don't ever remember missing out on anything right anything I was never deprived I was never yeah so same I yeah. don't know just same. it's not a big deal women just like to be hard on themselves we do yeah yeah, yeah. we totally do so you close in 2012 mm-hmm. um I believe didn't you have like a big kind of we're closing party we did I I let everybody know which mm-hmm. is an, again a rarity in the restaurant business mm-hmm. restaurants shut the doors the employees show up and there's a sign in the door and that's because Restaurants are so up and down week to week. One mm-hmm. week could be great. One week mm-hmm. could be slow. And you're and a lot of restaurateurs are trying to make, I mean, it, it. they're trying to make it week to week. For someone who graduated with a degree in biology, you were super successful in this business. Um, 14, 15, how many years? Uh, 14 years down here and then two in Lowell. So right. 16, yeah. Right. Is there a point where restaurants get past like a hump and then it's like, we're pretty good? Is there like a three-year thing or a four-year well, thing? I, I, I want to say most fails on the first three, right? Most fail, like most like businesses in general. But I don't know that there's a hump because here, the thing with restaurants is you have to kind of always stay fresh and you have to always mm-hmm. – and what is – what's popular now – Restaurants follow trends just like everything else. Might not be popular in ten years. For instance, Italian food now is on the decline, right? Because of the the carb thing. So I'm like, boy, thank God I don't have a restaurant now. I mean, geez, what would I do? Gluten free everywhere. You'd be like zoodles. Yeah, like, yeah. Zucchini noodles. We right, offer them. Right. That's a good point. So restaurants, you know, have have waves and trends and have to stay fresh, mm-hmm. just like everything else. There are a couple of restaurants in town that I've recently visited. And my biggest frustration, um, it, it's kind of, it's, it's twofold because you want to go in and order the same thing that you really like, but at the same time, you want them to stay fresh. Right. But don't take away that dish that I right. love. Right. But I've also noticed that some restaurants are still catering to that Southern Oregon crowd, maybe back in the 80s or the 90s. Absolutely. Do you find that too? And that's a thing too with Southern Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I do feel like if my restaurant had been in in Bend or Portland, maybe maybe I would have been able to weather the recession a little better. Um, Medford likes their chains. Mm-hmm. And you're a foodie. I'm a foodie. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't go to chains. I don't either. Unless it's Chili's. Oh man, oh, I love Trish. a Chili's. I love a Chili's. What do you get at Chili's? Um, everything. Oh, chips and salsa oh, and the queso dip. Really? Mushroom burger. Oh yeah. All right. Well. Oh yeah, I worked at Chili's, so it's a little okay. It's nostalgic. It's nostalgic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but oh man, I love Chili's, and if there was a Chili's here, I would go, and I would not apologize for it at all. But all right. But I'm with you. I'm not a big fan. <clears throat> not a big fan of of chains myself. And also, and I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm a food snob. Right. But I I am. I am. Why go somewhere and order a fillet when I can make it just as good at right. home? Right. And you're probably the same. I way. am the same way. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing about food too. About good food. Mm-hmm. Good food, is is made with passion mm-hmm. and and. Uh, uh, just a love of it. Mm-hmm. It isn't a burger on a conveyor belt Mm-mm. where they pull it out at mid, medium, mm-hmm. or leave it and get it at the end. For and you, well you can safely and honestly say at Red Rock, you guys were doing that. I insisted on it. 
And that was one thing. I, that, that was the main thing. About, number one, I want good food. Mm-hmm. Number two, I want good prices. And number three, I want a place where everybody can come. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Like if you're on a hot date, right? And mm-hmm. you just got your an accountant, an attorney, whatever. Or if you're, if you're dusty with drywall dust, come in mm-hmm. and you'll feel like you'll be treated the same. That's that was such an amazing philosophy. I loved it. I did. Um, do you find, do you find that we've, I mean, I feel like here in Southern Oregon, uh, we've got some fantastic restaurants. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, obviously I would like to see some more, mm-hmm. especially in downtown Medford. Yep. It just bums me out. It's a little heartbreaking. That's another thing too, is I was in downtown Medford and downtown Medford is rough. Mm-hmm. It is rough. It's too bad, but it's rough. It's rough. I feel like we're getting there. I hope. Do you, do you, do you do you disagree? Uh, uh, no, but truth be told, I don't spend a lot of time in downtown anymore mm. just because, you know, life has taken me a little bit away from downtown. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. not there every single day. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to say, mm-hmm. I'm going to challenge you to revisit downtown. Okay. Okay. Because there's some really great places. Braden Hit just opened Over Easy in downtown. Oh, I love Over Easy. I love Over Easy. Talk about food with passion. He's amazing. He is amazing. He was yeah. on this podcast. Oh, was he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love Over Easy. It's a great a great restaurant, but there's, you know, Rogue Grape is in downtown. Have you been to Rogue Grape? I haven't been to Rogue Grape. You've mm. got to go, Pam Shipley. Rogue Grape. Okay. Mm-hmm. You like wine? Oh, yeah, I like you wine. You like good food? Yeah. Okay, you got to go. Rogue Grape. Okay. Just and there's others and I, I don't want to call those just two places out, but there's there's a lot of other restaurants. Um, downtown Medford Market is one. Yeah. I I have been there. We had our sauces there <clears throat> years ago. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, we sold our sauces there. Fantastic. Yeah, great place. We would go to the farmer's market and get yep. creamy pesto yep. and go get bread from, who was the bakery at the time? Um, Didn't they set up like right next to you? Yeah, oh, it was torture. <laughs> I can't even remember now. There, There's uh, so many bakers at the farmer's market. But mm-hmm. yeah, you and Chuck. We would get yeah. a baguette and some creamy pesto and yeah. go home and just eat that. That yeah. was it. Done. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you do Saucy Sisters? Uh, probably five or six years. Okay. When do you decide restaurants closed down you did saucy sisters after the restaurant yeah yeah and then what's next well actually i started preparing for nursing school while i had the restaurant did you really yeah no one knew that because it wouldn't have been good for for Mm. for morale Mm -hmm. and i didn't do it you know in any malicious way but you know again i'm kind of planning and i'm like okay the recession a new career i go meet with some counselor at road community college i'm like i don't want to leave the valley Mm mm-hmm I want a good career. I want something recession-proof. I'm ready for benefits and weekends and holidays and mm-hmm. pay, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, well, be a nurse. Why don't you be a nurse? And I'm like, nurse? I don't want to be a nurse. Oh, yeah. And then I start kind of mulling it over, mulling it over, and I'm like, it actually does kind of suit me. It does. Ironically, it is kind of. I don't know. I go. I start taking the prereqs while the restaurant's open. Um because some things have expired. My anatomy you have to, it has to be fresh within so many years, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So I had some prereqs to take. So I start taking those before I close down the restaurant. Okay. I close the restaurant. My plan is to get into nursing school immediately. I don't get in. Nursing it's, school's it's in the hard. valley. Straight up 4.0. I Ooh. had a 3.8.9 maybe. If you don't have a 4.0, you're not getting in. The reason why is because there's not enough instructors. There mm. just isn't. There is a nursing shortage in the United States, but there are not enough instructors. What year was this where you were trying to get into nursing school? Oh, man. Gosh, Trish. It must have been 2013 I was trying to get in. Yeah, it was 2013. And we have good nursing programs here. We do. We do. Yeah, we do. But they're just tough to get into for that reason. 35 spots. Okay, I was going to ask. And um, RCC is a one to seven ratio at the time. So one in seven qualified applicants gets in. Wow. Yeah. SOU at the time, and I, I'm not up on my new statistics, but was one in five. So, I mean, tough. So oh. I don't get in. So I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, like, now I've what? closed the restaurant. I'm 40 years old. Like, what? Oh, okay. So I t- retake three classes. I turn three Bs into, into As, like in stupid classes, like biology 101, <laughs> statistics. Okay. <laughs> And statistics. I kill a year. Stupid. That's a stupid it, course. It is a stupid course. Do you use statistics now? No, you now? don't use statistics. What is that? Exactly. Exactly. So you get a 4.0. <clears throat> you get in? I get in. Who are you competing with in nursing? Like Again, it's the recession. 
So there were people in my class that were in their 50s. Okay, I was going to ask. Yeah. It wasn't a bunch of young bucks. Nope, start- not mm. at all. In fact, uh, I don't know the numbers, but it felt like a pretty broad group. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. And it's a good career, right, in Southern Oregon, the medical field. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of great careers. Mm -hmm. The medical field for sure is one in Southern Oregon. So were you going in to be a nurse nurse? or I'm going into the operating room. That's what you want to do. Yeah. And I had an aunt who was an operating room nurse, and she had the most amazing stories of the operating room. Mm. And the operating room is a lot like a kitchen on a Friday night. Ooh, fun. Oh, yeah. So surgery, chefs, surgeons, <laughs> the parallels are uncanny. Really? How? Yeah. How so? Oh, man. It's the heat of the moment. And I mean, it's not life or death in the restaurant. But if it's mm-hmm. your restaurant business, it may feel like mm-hmm. that. And a little cocky. A little. Oh, a little cocky. A lot cocky. A lot cocky. Okay. okay. Lots of adrenaline flowing, right? Mm-hmm. It's acute. It's... It's passionate. It's sometimes there's some throwing, right? <laughs> you're, you know, in surgery, you're saving lives. Yeah. In the kitchen on a Friday night. You're making me Italian nachos. It's freaking 120 degrees on the line, man. Mm-hmm. And it's sweaty. And that little mm-hmm. ticker tape with the little tickets for the night is like hitting the floor. Yeah, it's stress. And it's stress. And it's sweaty. And the servers are like, ding, 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 where's my... Yeah. I need that special sauce. Right, now. right. And I love it. Yeah, it was fun. And surgery is the same. Really? And I'm hopefully I don't come across as not being serious about surgery. No, you don't. I get it. But it was that same. Whew. Yeah. I like this. How long is the nursing program? At RCC, two years. Okay. Straight up two years. But if you have your prereqs done, which could take a year to two. Okay. Just depends. So you, you get into nursing school finally, and you, you know operating room is where you want to be? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. which is a really tiny little niche. Mm-hmm. Not many nurses. Most nurses are like, why do you want to go there? It sounds boring. Mm-hmm. That was, that was, I was the only one in my class. That's pretty typical. And it's, I think it's because it's a totally different kind of nursing. And people just don't, in nursing school, you don't get a lot of opportunity to actually go into the oper- operating room to see mm-hmm. what it's like. Okay. Um, but I had had this aunt with these great stories. and and, and Well, where's your first job? Um, at Asante, in the, in the OR at Asante. Okay. Yeah, spent uh, five years there. What kind of stuff were you doing? Everything. Like? Um, everything's of hearts. I, ne- I didn't, there's a dedicated heart team, so I didn't do hearts. Mm-hmm. Everything. Um, everything ortho, bones, right? Urology, gynecology, general vascular surgery. So and you're a lot of in call. the room. What are you doing specifically? What is oh, your job? Okay. Um, it's called circulating nursing. So you are not sterile. You're not scrubbed in. You are in the background, running around, grabbing instruments, mm-hmm. um, making sure the patient's safe. You're not right there in the sterile field. Okay. Um, so it's like scalpel. Yeah. You, no, that's not you. That's the person oh. scrubbed in. That's okay. the sterile person, which there is that opportunity. I sometimes scrubbed in mm-hmm. and was right there in that heat of it. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't quite get to the point. That's a scrub tech would be the person right there arm in arm with the surgeon. So you do this for five years? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm assuming you're not afraid of blood and guts. Not at all. Yeah. You like, like it. You like blood and guts. Kind of, yeah. Anything in this five years, any surgery that sticks out to you? Yeah, a couple. I took a lot of call. Um, that's a requirement. Okay. So um, you're on call. Then you had to be at the hospital dressed out in 15 minutes. So you have your phone on you. You're on call, let's say, for 16 hours on a Saturday. And I took almost all the Saturday call because I'm like, if I'm going to be on call, man, I want to work. It's like a $5 an hour standby pay. And I'm like, I don't want to be tethered 15 minutes from the hospital and not work. I'd rather just be working Mm -hmm. because I'm going to get into stuff, you know, at home, you know, gardening or whatever. And and so what stands out some sad things and when you're in the or you don't get to make a real big connection because people come in it's very brief while they're awake they go to sleep and then they leave Mm -hmm. and so you don't really get that follow through Mm -hmm. um but uh i remember an accident on green springs highway a motorcycle accident two people highly intoxicated on a motorcycle young people um i get called into the accident or, or into the or um 
it, I want to say it happened. Let's say it happened like at 3 a.m. on Friday night or Saturday morning. I come in Saturday at 7 a.m. And this woman is intubated, meaning there's a, a machine breathing for her. And her she's broken her cervical her, her C area. So that's paralysis. And she's beautiful. And she's tan. And she has lines from a swimsuit. And, and funny, some few quirky tattoos and they're going to um, strengthen her cervical spine with plates, but she's going to be paralyzed. Wow. Probably, you know, likely from the neck down and there's still glass and dirt in her hair and you're prone for this surgery. So you're face down. And, and I just remember thinking like, God, she doesn't even know that I, that she's paralyzed. Like she doesn't, I know. You know before Before her. her. And, and she's tan and she's beautiful. And this was like seven hours ago. Seven hours ago she was alive. And yeah. Happy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's getting you choked up a little bit. It is. It's, I, and I wanted so bad to, and they come in with a name, Alpha Stat, you know, uh, 1960. Alpha Stat. Like they have all these, um, the, the ambulances just give you guys a stat name because I say you guys, sorry accident victims Mm -hmm. because they don't know their names and I wanted and I couldn't it's a HIPAA violation to dig into a chart in any way Mm -hmm. but I so badly want to know who is this person and what you know what Mm. is that's heavy it is it was crazy it definitely stands out that one Um, hit you yeah did she make it she made it yeah she ended up in the ICU Mm -hmm. and again I wanted to wander up to the ICU mm-hmm. and wander by her room and say, mm-hmm. how is this person doing? But I, I couldn't even do that. Yeah. So that, I don't know. That was really hard. Did that happen to any other patient? It sounds like it was just this. This one was, stood out the most. Okay. There was another one with a dove into a pool, a shallow pool, again, intoxicated. Um, and he was going to be paralyzed. From Yikes. The, yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Um, and you can't, I'm assuming as a nurse, you, especially in this operating room, you have to be careful about getting attached, right? You do. I think the OR, again, because it's so, your interaction with people is so brief. You don't get the whole backstory. You, and you don't, the minute they leave the OR doors, that's it. Right. That's it for you. Right. Next one comes in. And I, it's not an assembly line. It's very serious. But it's, that's it. And your next focus has to go into that next case. For sure. Um. But it is easy to get attached to those particular ones. They yeah. just stand out. But you have to be, <coughs> you have to be careful about, I guess, uh, bringing that home with you. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I know I see that in in this job for sure. Yeah. There's been there's been uh, there's a, a murder trial that I was on, and um, the guy was sentenced, and there was this breakdown in the courtroom, and I could not shake that. It just affected me. Mom was there in tears, crying, screaming out for her baby boy. And I just could not shake the tears. And you, I mean, you have to be, I tell my reporters that all the time, you know, do a gut check, like make sure, are you okay? You saw something that's maybe graphic or scary or sad. Don't take that with you. You've got to like leave it at work. Otherwise, if we're super sensitive over every you can't do a case. good job right no. you you it would affect your job right and so you'll you know you hear sometimes news people make jokes about horrible horrible things <laughs> because the OR does too yeah <laughs> oh I'm sure I'm sure uh, but I mean it it's just you know it's just same thing it's a mm-hmm. um, it's a whole different world it, it's highly stressful mm-hmm. highly acute I mean lives are at stake and you love and that though I do I do has someone ever, you've been in the operating room and someone didn't make it? Only a few times. Okay. And they were very ill and and older. So I have never, the drama, on TV, mm-hmm. uh, the what happens, that, that kind of drama. That's not real. Nah, yeah, it's not real. <laughs> but it rarely happens where someone is dies on the table. Because they can resuscitate. It's so controlled. Mm. You're already intubated. Right, right, right. They can usually get your heart back. And then, so it's very controlled. They may die later, the minute they leave the OR. Right. Not the minute, sorry. But, 
usually mm-hmm. we can get you stable enough to leave. Has there ever been a situation where that's happened and there's just massive disappointment? Like the cardiologist, um, the cardiothoracic surgeons <coughs> um, are again machines. Mm-hmm. They are amazing. They are not like us, and they see like they're when it when we have an emergency. Uh, heart and th- I wasn't on the heart team, mm-hmm. but I was able to participate in some of the okay. uh, whatever cases that took place acutely after hours on call. And when they bust somebody through the doors, all they see is they see I have to open this person up and fix them, and uh, they take it in particular mm-hmm. particularly hard when they can't mm-hmm. fix that heart. Well, I would assume for for those that type of personality, failure's just not no, going to happen. No, and it doesn't yeah. matter. It's 2 in the morning. Mm-hmm. You would never know that they had just put in a 16, 18, and God knows how long hour day mm-hmm. because the, the comparison between them at 2 a.m. and them at 7 a.m. is the same. That's, that's crazy the difference to me. between you and me. Yeah. yeah. That's the difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My 2 a.m. and 7 a.m. person. Right. Could you be that focused and that into it and that just, Uh -uh. yep, it's the way it is. Okay, let's do this. Let's fix this. No way. Yeah, I know. No way. Crazy. So you're at the surgery center now. Yes. Um, Operating room manager. What does that mean? Well, it's got five ORs. It's smaller, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Five operating rooms. It is the largest surgery center in the state of Oregon. We do about 5,000 cases a year, which is comparable to Grants Pass Asante. Wow. Um, we do a lot more than people realize. So, so the surgeries, there is not call anymore. Now there's not call. These are not emergent surgeries. This is ambulatory mm-hmm. surgery. Which scheduled surgeries? Scheduled. You walk in and you are going to walk out within 23 hours, mm. usually within a, a few hours after your surgery. Okay. So people are healthier. Um but we do a lot more surgeries than people realize. Um, there are about 25 people, nurses and scrub techs, that work in the ORs there. 25 amazing people. Mm-hmm. And what I like uh, at the surgery center as opposed to Asante, and Asante was wonderful. Um, but this is privately owned, mm-hmm. and it is the people that own it are local surgeons and anesthesiologists and vested community members and they really care like they care about the patients they care about the employees they it it, it was actually in the top 100 places to work in the state of Oregon look at um, you guys yeah and we're number 4 for the amount of employees that we have hmm so for- why does one open a surgery center, like, instead of going to the hospital? Is it just to give people different options? The surgery center is um, it's less expensive, usually, than a hospital. Okay. Um, it is it, – the infection rates are typically better mm-hmm. because there's not – everybody there isn't so, as sick, right? You're not on the same floor with someone who's right. battling pneumonia. Right. Okay. Right. So it's a healthier population. Mm-hmm. Um, it opened in 1997, I want to say. Wow. So it's, it's been there a while. Yeah. So this is for, you know, let's say something happens to me. I get into a car accident, and I'm, I'm doing pretty good, but I need to have surgery on my arm. I would go to the surgery center. Yep. All okay. things, hand, feet, um, lots of carpal tunnel. Really? Yeah, tons of carpal tunnel. Oh, man. Yeah. That's a quick, easy procedure. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, very quick and easy. I may have carpal tunnel, actually. Really? How do you know? How does one know if they have carpal tunnel? I think numbness, tingling, stiffness. I'm good. Yeah. yeah I'm okay, good. good for now. Yeah, good. I'm, okay. I'm good for it's now. A sim- just so you know, it's simple if you do end up with Excellent. It. I'm going to keep yeah, that in no mind. No worries. I'm going to keep that in mind. No worries. So these surgeons have to be not so specialized, right? A general surgeon has to be able to do all sorts of different things. Well, it's the same surgeons at the surgery center that are in, that are at Asante or Providence, same surgeons. Oh, okay. Uh Uh-huh. They're just, they come to the surgery center because that's what, all different kinds of reasons, scheduling, patient preference, um, insurance. And so same surgeons, the cases are just a little less complicated. Again, nothing emergent. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have a gunshot wound at the surgery center. Mm -hmm. Um, Environment's a little bit more controlled. 
The environment is lovely. <laughs> it's lovely. It's the whole stress level is dialed down, which I loved that stress, mm -hmm. right? But after a while, after about five years, I was like, okay, at this point, I've, I'm kind of at my, oh, not peak, I, I hope you never peak, but you know, I'm kind of like, okay, mm -hmm. I wonder, I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. Okay. How I, I didn't, I felt like in the big hospital, maybe I wasn't, I was just more churning, you know, mm -hmm. I was more just a, a mm -hmm. person on the wheel. And I got, I kind of had heard about surgery center and uh, people from Asante had gone to work there and loved it and a little bug in my ear and just a lovely place to work where you can make a difference, where you're valued. Mm. And they say no bad days at the surgery center. And the, the value is shown in that the employees are happy there. They love it. That's incredible. Yeah, it really is, especially in healthcare. Mm -hmm. Like it's mm. unheard of. Mm -hmm. It's unheard of. Yeah. Um, we could talk probably for another hour about healthcare. We could. And, we could. And where it's, where it's headed, I guess, where it is these days. Um, but it sounds like you love it. I do love it. You're happy there. I love it. It's a great place to work. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it really is. Well, if I need surgery, I'm going to the surgery yeah, center. Yeah, we'll cater to you. Okay. Yeah, we Thanks. Will. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap up and get to the final three. Okay. If that's all right with you. Yeah, absolutely. Best advice you've ever been given? Uh, probably from my dad. And it's just so simple. It's just put one foot in front of the other. Just keep moving forward every day. That's good right? advice. So simple, but mm -hmm. so true in times of like, oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom used to tell me a version of that. And it's interesting. You look back, you know, maybe it was the recession and, and you have this restaurant and it's a, how am I going to get through this? Mm -hmm. You just put one foot in front of the other. And then you, before you know it, you look back and you go, oh, I, I made it through that, I guess. Yep. L mm -hmm. Simple, simple advice, huh? Uh, but a lot of people, I think, have a hard time putting one foot in front of the other. They do. They do. Mm-hmm. They're just looking too big, maybe just getting overwhelmed. And mm -hmm. but successful people and yeah. whatever success means to you, but they typically a trait of theirs is mm -hmm. the ability to just put one foot in mm -hmm. front of the other. Mm -hmm. no There's a quote. Um, I'm going to butcher it, but it's essentially like <clears throat> you don't get over something or you don't go under something. You just go through it. Yeah, I love that. You just, Love just that. go through it. Just keep moving. Yep. Just keep swimming, as Dory would say. Love it. Um, if you ever left this place, Southern Oregon, what would bring you back here? What would you miss the most? Um, I think Southern Oregon is the most beautiful place to live. And I, I mean, that's coming from someone that hasn't lived in very many places. Mm. But every time we get outdoors, and my husband and I love to get outdoors, I mean, right? You just look around. Everything is so accessible. Mm -hmm. It's green. It smells good. It smells the good. weather's great. Yeah. It's lovely. It's beautiful here. It's just lovely. Mm -hmm. It is beautiful here. No humidity. Yeah, you could talk a long no, no, time thank about you. humidity. No, thank you. Um, I think that would be, that's definitely on my list of reasons why I would never move back to the South. Yeah. I just can't do it. Yeah. It's too much. And I'm sure I could do it. I mean, that's a little dramatic. But there's nothing like in the summer here, especially when there's no smoke. Yeah. And you go outside and it's like a perfect 88 degrees. Mm. Mm. And the lakes are, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes away. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, just a plethora of lakes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Final this meal. Is your favorite one. Final drink. Yes. Uh, food, you know, nothing special. Okay. Okay. Warm atmosphere. It'd be at a, it'd be at a restaurant for sure. Warm atmosphere, your favorite people, right? Everyone's comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, for sure, good food, but not, I'm not talking high end. Um, just a nice meal where the conversation is good. And, and it definitely, I will say it has to have a good margarita. And that's a juiced margarita that you does are not a, you are a margarita come out girl. of the bottle yeah. with the yellow, mm -hmm. right, uh, Mountain Dew colored margarita mix. <laughs> um, uh, your recipe for a margarita is what? Um, juice, three lemons, three limes, half an orange, Ooh. simple syrup. Okay. Um, I'm a Patron girl. I do like the Anejo or the Reposado. Oh, the Anejo. The golden. Patron yes. is so oh. good. So good. Have you had, we're getting off track. Have you had Don Julio, help me, 1942? Ooh. No. Is that what it is? I... In the big fancy bottle? It's very expensive. I don't know. I haven't had that one. Okay. Don't try it. 
Oh, I'll be hooked is why. Hooked. Oh, it's so good. The last thing I need is a, a more expensive so tequila. Don't do it. Appetite. I'm telling you, don't do okay, it. Okay, good. I think it's 1942. I should know this, and I don't have my phone, so I can't look it up. Um, Chuck has taken that with a lime and just shaken it, and that's it. It is. So, it has like tones of vanilla. Oh, Trish, dang it! You I'm, know I'm gonna go get it now. Okay. Thanks a lot. Let's have it together. Yeah, let's share it. Yeah, please. Chuck is an excellent little. He, he's um, a very good cocktail. bartender. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as far as food, I know you're just saying a really good meal, but what do you get excited about cooking and eating? Yeah. Oh, what? Okay. It. I love pizza. I mm-hmm. do love pizza. Pizza you has do. everything. <laughs> it's got the crust, the tomato sauce, the the cheese, mm. any topping you want on it, right? A good pizza. Mm-hmm. And yeah. The my interview just before you said pizza. I, I mean, I like everything. Bread I, and cheese, baby. Bread but and yeah. cheese. Yeah. Oh man, pizza is the perfect food. The perfect food. <laughs> pizza and a margarita. Oh hell yeah! And good company. I'm happy. That's all you need. You were so much fun. Oh, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm really glad you said yes to doing this. I'm glad you asked me. And it gave me a reason to see you. I know it's because I've seen too you long. too long. Way too long. Way too long. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast on Apple's podcast app and you like it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. We're also on Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube. The other video version can be found at ktvl.com. Just click on features one more time. My good buddy, Pamela Shipley, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Trish.